You got any other cool tricks? Well, I could knock somebody unconscious with that like 20 feet away. No, you can't. Yeah, you can use a quarter or a nickel, a dime's too light. Prove it. I'll knock you unconscious. No. I want you to hit something. Fine, live forever without me believing you. I'll just tell every stranger that I see Hawkeye is full of bolts. You gotta show me how you just did that. <laughs> Hello and happy holidays, Popheads. Welcome to issue 195 of the TomCast Popcast. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for looking. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out this small quality independent pop culture podcast. And we are so delighted that you are here. Please make sure you're following us on the social media. We are at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with your friends, family, loved ones, and anyone you need to give a Christmas gift to, because this is the best gift you can give. It's free. Hey now, we like that so very, very much. Welcome aboard. We are here with another uh, recap, review, discussion on Hawkeye. We're on to episode four, and uh, it's episode four, listen, let's just put it out there. It's a delight. It, it's, it's it's title is uh, partners. Am I right? And uh, uh, it, it, we're gonna get into it because there are so many wonderful things to talk about on this series in general, uh, and this episode in particular. Such really, really, really good stuff, and I'm glad we're all here to talk about it. I wanna <laughs> I wanna kind of share something that that went down uh, this past week, and actually it, it dates back to something that happened over the summertime. And and I, I I'm sharing it not to uh, tease the 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 parties involved in the story though it, it, it may come out it may it may sound that way that I'm that I'm teasing uh, said person in the story and that person would be my father <laughs> but uh, um, I don't know the best way to put it I I, I don't want to say like he's trying too hard but he's kind of trying too hard. So let, let me set the stage here a little bit for you with the, with this tale. And I'll try to keep it brief so that we can spend more time talking about Hawkeye uh, today on the show. Uh, over the summer, I had mentioned uh, during a phone conversation with my, my, my father, I was like, hey, you know, I was thinking if, if you had the opportunity, it would be really, really cool if you wanted to, to package up my old, my old fishing rod and send it out to me because I was thinking like maybe I'd head over to the lake or, or check, get, go over to one of the reservoirs and, and do some fishing sometime this summer. And and uh, and I was like, I, and I would gladly compensate you for the shipping and handling and, and all that stuff, thinking that he would just have to put it in a in a in a, in a box. It breaks down. It's not you know, it's not a, a huge fishing rod by any means. Uh, it it breaks in in at least two pieces, and and I was like, you know, whatever. I, I didn't think much of it. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. So you know, my birthday rolls around in September. Uh, I never got the the shipping rod. Never the fishing rod never came. 
Uh, and I, I, I kind of sort of like it shuffled it to the back of my brain. So I wasn't even actively thinking about it. My birthday rolls around and, and my dad sends me these texts and, and, and messages like, hey, you should be expecting a package any day now. Uh, keep an eye out for a package. Various texts of, of this, this magnitude. Uh, and the package never arrives from him. He's, uh, and he does, he does preface it with, like, it'll be an Amazon package. So, so keep an eye out for those Amazon trucks and all that good stuff. Well, he calls me a few days later. I think about a week has passed. And he's like, I got an email from Amazon. And they said they couldn't deliver the package, that uh, they couldn't gain access to the building. And I was like, well, I've been here XYZ days and, and at various times. And no one has called me. No one has contacted me with a delivery. None of those things that happened, I, I, I suspect the Amazon driver was just not trying that hard to get into the building. It, it, it's a building that does have access. Most drivers for delivery companies do have access to said building. Uh, and he's like, well, he was very upset uh, and, and was very reluctant to, to have the dealings with Amazon again as far as delivering a package for him. And, and again, so time, some time goes by. I don't think anything of it. I'm like, well, whatever. Um, until this this past week, uh, just just yesterday actually, uh, when I come to my new home, I have since moved, and and my father is aware of that and has our current mailing address, and there is a ginormous package. Ginormous uh, package that basically goes from the, the the floor to the ceiling of our entryway, outside, not even in the home yet. Like, this is just by our front door. It, things gargantuan. It's it's massive. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I, I, I sort of freaked out a little bit. I was like, what did I get drunk in order now? Because, <laughs> you know, you have a couple of drinks and you go on the internet. Things happen. It's, it's, it's a way of life. And <laughs> so I get inside and I open the box up. And it's, it is a, a very large box for, for no real good reason, which I'm, I'm sure you all have uh, encountered this with, with Amazon packaging, uh, how it is uh, way too big for whatever the contents are inside. Um, so th this is the case uh, on that by a huge stretch because inside is a, a fishing rod. And this is a fishing rod. Now, okay, how do I best say this? It's in two pieces, as, as many fishing rods do break down for transportation reasons and things like that. But as I'm, as I, as I'm extracting it from the box, um, I'm, I'm noticing just like one piece in particular is about the size of the, of the fishing rod that I asked to be sent out to me. And I'm like, what in the fuck kind of fishing rod is this? And I'm, the only thing I can think of is like, did he order, did, did, is he sending me like a, like a deep sea fishing rod? No, yes. I'm in San Diego. Fishing in the ocean is the thing. I can go out over to a pier. I can go fish off the jetty. Like these are things I could do. I could go uh, do some surf fishing. And, 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 uh, but that's not, necessarily what I was had in mind for, for my, my uh, reintroduction to the world of, of, of fishing. You know, I just wanted to go to the lake. I wanted to go to the reservoir. Something easy, like some easy freshwater fishing, nothing complicated. You know, you go, you go to the, 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 you know, the sports authority or the, I don't know, maybe there's a Bass Pro Shop around out here. I don't know. But you go, you get a couple lures, a, a couple jiggers, uh, a, a bobber, you know, easy things. I, you know, I wasn't worried about going to like live bait shops and getting minnows and night crawlers. You know, this was going to be an easy sort of uh, uh, fishing kind of thing, just a way to kind of go and relax and, and, and kill some time and uh, be out in, in nature even. <laughs> so I, I, I 
pull this rod out of the out of the box, and yes, indeed, this is it's it's, it's a ten foot rod, ten feet, easily four feet longer than the rod I had uh, in Maryland when when I was fishing with my with my dad and, and going out to the lake and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I was sort of, uh, flabbergasted. I mean, the, 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 the reel itself is like double the size of the reel that I'm, I'm accustomed to. I think it's gargantuan. Uh, so I, so I call my dad and, and I, I try not to sound, um, I, I, I'm curious more than anything else. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm not perturbed, uh, but I'm like, it's like, so what kind of, uh, fishing, uh, did you, did you think I was going to be doing out here? And he's like, oh, well, this is a great rod. I picked this one out, spe- especially uh, with you in mind and your location because it's really versatile and, you know, you'll be able to go and do some surf fishing and, and again, going off the pier and, you know, uh, uh, off the jetty, and you're going to want this bigger rod because you're really going to want to get your line out there into the deep water. And and I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I really wasn't planning on doing a lot of saltwater fishing. That wasn't – there's a lot that goes into saltwater fishing. If you're not a, 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 a sportsman-type person, uh, saltwater fishing is it, – it's fun. I've gone and done it before. We, I've gone out with my dad. We, we've gone on charters before and, and, and done it. But you have to take a lot of really, really good care of your gear if you're going to be a saltwater fisherman. you got to come home and clean the lines and rinse things off because if the salt gets in there, it's, it's bad news. I mean, salt's bad news on, on anything. I mean, all, all, all my good friends on the East Coast know about this with the roads when it snows. You, got, you don't want that salt lingering on your car too long. It's going to do some, do some serious damage. Salt messes things up. It's corrosive. It's, it, you know, it's, it's part of the package. So saltwater fishing was kind of something I wanted to stay away because I, kind of I just wanted a low-maintenance fishing type activity <laughs> but he, 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 t- he talks me into the rod he's like no you can take it to the lake in the reservoir it's fine it's a little bit bigger so you have to be careful when you're casting blah 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 and i'm like all right well whatever like i'm and I'm, I'm grateful for the gift because now i don't have to buy a fishing rod at the very least it's just it, it it's a bit ungainly at 10 feet long my goodness uh, whew, it, it, it is quite a rod it, it is a, a literal handful uh, but again, the most expensive piece of equipment in fishing is the rod and the reel, and I now have one. So I, again, I'm not ungrateful. I, I thank him kindly, and and he's he's telling me all this great stuff, and I'm I'm like, okay, all right, maybe I'm maybe I'm seeing your point here. Maybe I'm coming around to the way you're thinking on it. I'm like whatever, it is what it is. So you know, I, I start messing with it. I I, I kind of put it to the side because I I still have some unpacking to do here in the house, and there's some other things going on. So I just I just kind of set it off to the side. I was like, I'll look at this later tonight before I go to bed. So I'm looking at it before I go to bed, and and I was like, hmm. He was telling me something about what kind of uh, what kind of fishing line to get for the reel, and, and so I sent him a te- I, I did an internet search, and I was like, oh, what, what you know, let's see what the prices are, what, what kind of brands there are, and there's a million brands and a million types at a million different price points, you know, a million different uh, options as far as like the test, the weight of the line. I, I, I'm getting really deep into into fishing stuff here so i i apologize i I know this isn't like a like a bass podcast (laughs) so i apologize (laughs) but stick with me here (laughs) so i sent him a text this morning uh very early this morning uh, california time it's it's probably about 7 a.m his time and i say hey i was looking at 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 the at the fishing lines uh there's a there's a really a lot of options can you recommend a few brands that you that you like and and you know specify you know anything more specific is great too and so i get a text i think i I don't know when the text came in exactly because uh, I went to work and I don't think I checked my phone again until my break time, which was around 9 a.m. California time. And 
<laughs> he sends me a message and it says, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think I'm going to get you a separate rod and reel for fresh, for freshwater fishing. <laughs> so now, <laughs> based off of one simple request that, hey, dad, please send me my old fishing rod. <laughs> uh, apparently by New Year's, I'm going to have uh, not one, but two fishing rods, one for saltwater and one for freshwater. Uh, so if anyone wants to do some fishing with me, uh, by all means, hit me up because I will have uh, the appropriate equipment in no time. <laughs> and maybe if I play my cards right, I can, I can get them to spring for a tackle box or something too. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so I just had to share that because this has been a really surreal experience <laughs> in a lot of ways. It started off as a simple kind of like, hey, if you have the time and you wanted to get rid of it, you know, you have a thousand rods, dad, please send me mine. Uh, it, it, is, it is escalated, and it, he has taken this on as a, as a project, and he's done all this research and legwork, and, and now he's doing even more to get me a freshwater rod. Um, so, <laughs> Dad, I know you're not listening, but I appreciate your efforts, and I love you, man. Uh, I'm excited, and, and uh, by all means, come out to California, come out to San Diego, so you can teach me how to use this 10-foot rod, which just is a monster. I was, I mean, again, the, the, the reel is like the size of my fist. It's, it's enormous, enormous. But anyways, we are not here to talk about any more bass fishing. I probably spent enough time on that as it, as it, as it was. Uh, <laughs> but we are here to get into the fourth episode of Hawkeye, uh, an episode that I truly, truly loved. Uh, but before we do that, we're gonna we're gonna do we we're gonna do the most important thing we have to do, and that is uh, thank the official members of Poppin Nation for being here for their continued undying, unyielding support in the holiday season. You can become a member of Poppin Nation over at patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Popcast. Join the nation and gain access to some sweet, sweet bonus content if you choose that option. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail, Jeff, co-hosting the Ring and Ear, a great music podcast. Check it out when it comes out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, Pariah Brewing Company, right here in San Diego. And very, very soon, Baltimore, Maryland. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. And of course, the Silent Assassin, he who shall not be named. Thank you all so much for the support. And uh, please stay tuned. A special message coming to the Patreons uh, very, very soon, probably around Christmas week. So, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's go ahead, talk about, let's get ready to talk about Hawkeye. Get into the nitty-gritty with this episode. A uh, lot of fun stuff in this episode. Really, really loved it. Can't wait to talk about it a little bit more. But you know what you have to do first. You have to sit down. You have to buckle up. You have to hold on to your butts. And you buckle up again. Let's go. Oh, relax. I'm taking the elevator. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I, uh... I'm sorry I wasn't talking to you. Can I tell you a secret? Please don't do this. Mm. I was talking to an Avenger. He's in my ear. Maybe you should stop talking. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I'm his partner. I'll just uh, take this back. Oh, I, I can help you to the door, no problem. Oh, that's all right. I got it from here. Okay, are you sure? I, it's really no problem. All right, you take care now. So two things I want to talk about really quickly, going back into our, our review of the first three episodes of the show, that I don't think I talked about at all, or if I did, it wasn't uh, in great enough detail or depth. Uh, I really like that Clint has hearing loss. Uh, there is, I like the fact that the, the, he is one of these, one of the few characters 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe who has uh, accrued battle damage from uh, all the all the years of, of battling and conflicts and fights and and uh, again it sort of grounds Clint as as sort of like the everyman uh, in in this world of, of superheroes and capes and that's kind of what he's always has been but it, it sort of provides a realness and, and and helps ground this character a little bit more and it gives him uh, something to a, a challenge, I suppose, another challenge that he has to, to, to sort of deal with in his day-to-day life. And it, it, again, I think that makes him very, very interesting uh, for a lot of different reasons. But I think there's another level to that, uh, the hearing loss and, and his sort of ability to, uh, when he pulls that, that hearing aid out and, and sort of silences the world, I think there's another level to that. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about that more as we talk more specifically about episode four. Uh, but I also wanted to mention real quickly uh, that that I don't again I don't think I highlighted this but in in talking about episode three last week uh, I didn't mention that episode three featured possibly the best use of the Trans Siberian Orchestra in a very very long time as they used that that music uh, the I believe is the, the Christmas Eve Sarajevo song to to kind of kick off the car chase sequence and uh, as a fan of the Trans Siberian Orchestra I truly truly appreciated that little nod to it right there. Uh, but let's get into episode four in particular, and and we sort of do we we, we pretty much pick up right where we left off, uh, back at the at bishop at the bishop home, uh, you know, and and uh, Duquesne, uh, catching Barton entering the compound in the house, the home, if you will, not a compound, uh, and he pulls Ronan's sword on him, uh, a clear sign to Clint that something's going on there. Uh, now, I know we sort of speculated because uh, in the comic books, there's a connection between Duquesne and Clint Barton. Uh, there's not that, that connection in the MCU at, no, at, at all. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, Swordsman, does, does, Duquesne, excuse me, doesn't even, uh, at least he doesn't appear to recognize uh, Clint Barton until, until Kate Bishop's mom comes into the room and, and asks, why is there an Avenger in her living room? And uh, so then we get a, a sort of, Oh, a, a funny yet interesting conversation between the four characters, between uh, Mrs. Bishop and and Duquesne, Barton, and Kate Bishop. Uh, as as Kate sort of tries to explain their their partnership and what the, what's going on, why Clint's there, and and what's sort of happening, and, and Clint's very distant about the whole thing and, and downplays it and, and uh, attempts to reduce uh, Kate's role in everything. And and uh, again. I, I think it's an interesting sequence. There's a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, I like Vila Formiga's, Formiga's uh, performance in this particular sequence because uh, when she has a private conversation with, with with Clint as he's making his way out of the, um, I don't know, I don't even know what you call a giant ass apartment like that. I, I guess we'll just call it an apartment for now, even though it does have a private elevator and, and all that good stuff. And and you really see the protectiveness of, of Kate's mom. And I, I really like that. I like that part of their conversation that she has with Clint as she, she uh, imparts that, uh, you know, and appeals to Clint's sense as, as a father himself uh, to, to kind of keep Kate out of this as much, despite how much she, Kate herself, is protesting and, and wanting to be involved. Uh, and then we get some interesting stuff going on after that. We find out that, that Clint has snatched back the Ronin sword. Uh, from under Duquesne's nose, and uh, apparently he hasn't noticed that just yet, but uh, I, I suspect he will very, very soon uh, as these, these things kind of come together. And Clint starts kind of running his own little investigation, and we get to have what I think is a really interesting uh, little little piece of, of um, 
I don't know if backstory is the word I want to use, but of kind of like a revelatory moment about Clint's wife as, as he makes the phone call to her. And we find out that she's the one who's going to do all this, this background check on Duquesne and look for these, these connections, or at the very least, make contact with the person who will. So it makes me, it, it raises all these questions for me about like, well, who the hell's Clint's wife? Like, what did she used to do? Was, was she shielded? Like, did I miss something somewhere? Uh, so I was very curious, like how much in the uh, in, in this world was she when, when she and Clint met? So now I'm like super curious about her. I enjoyed that they had, uh, that Clint and, and his wife had this, this full conversation in German. Again, raising more questions about who is this woman? I mean, what's her backstory? I want to know more about her right now. What is happening? And why can't I know more about this? Like, this is fascinating to me. I want to know more. So I really, really like that part of it. And and uh, she does provide the information that we, we all knew was coming, that Duquesne is is laundering money for the tracksuit mafia and, and, and is, is very, very connected to them, which, again, things we all knew. Now, and again, this he, Kate doesn't know this yet. But she's still been suspicious of Duquesne, and, and rightly so. But there's a quiet moment between Kate's mom, Kate, Kate's mom, and Duquesne. And it's a really, uh, it, it's, it's a funny moment in a sense that it, because we know that Duquesne's up to something. We know that he's kind of a bad guy, right? But, you know, is, is he acting when he's with Kate's mom? Is, is it a charade, a charade, if you will? Or, or is he being genuine when, when he is talking to her and when, when he's saying those, you know, aphorisms and he's is getting them all wrong? Uh, you know, is, is that genuine? Is that really who Duquesne is? Or is he playing a part here? And that's what I'm very curious about. But what I like about that moment in particular is that, that, that Kate's sort of on this mission uh, to expose Duquesne and, and to sort of uh, destroy him and, and by, by, by extension, her mother's relationship to him. Uh, but she is now forced to confront the fact that this man makes her her mother very very happy, and now she has to sort of wrestle with uh, the potential consequences of of what is what's the fallout going to be from pursuing this course of action against Duquesne and and exposing his connection to the tracksuit mafia, uh, and I and, and and Kate even begrudgingly begrudgingly very begrudgingly i think because she doesn't want to like duquesne at all but she sees how happy her mother is and it's, it's one of those kind of subtle kind of quiet moments that is is um i think very very important in this series uh in, in, a, in a in a in a full-scale marvel cinematic universe that we that we know and love uh these shows taking these quiet moments is when we get some of the best development some of the best plot stuff and and this show this episode in particular i think weaves it very deftly and i was really uh, impressed with the, with the sort of nuance that the, in which they, they, they sort of imparted some of these characteristics, some of these character traits in, into, uh, in, into the performances. And now this is, again, this is something that Kate will now have to contemplate as she moves forward with this, this, this partnership that she does show desperately wants with Clint Barton. And, um, yeah, we'll be interested to see what the fallout is. I mean, we're four episodes in, there's two left. Uh, and, and, and where does this go? Is, is Kate going to go all out to expose Duquesne? At the at the at the you know and, and risk your mother's happiness and and willfully you know willfully ignore her mother's happiness in the in the in the in the in the uh, well um, don't have the word I'm looking for right there I'm sorry about that but yeah I mean her mother's happiness would basically be in the balance and will she risk it all and d- despite that I, I guess that's going to be like the, the choice she will ultimately have to make at, at some point or another in in this series uh, the next part of the show I think is everyone's favorite part of the show which is when, when Kate decides she can't let Clint be alone at the holidays. 
and and so her and Pizza Dog head over to the to the the other apartment where they've been holed up, and they have themselves themselves a little bit of a Christmas party. They decorate a tree, they swap stories, they talk about trick arrows, uh, and boomerang arrows, and there's some funny stuff there. And it it, it is sort of it, it makes me laugh to think about the trick arrow situation because uh, for so long in in I mean for for a huge chunk of Clinton Barton's existence in the comic books. Much like Green Arrow, his, his DC counterpart, and to be fair, uh, Green Arrow came first, so so Clint Barton's sort of a, a Green Arrow knockoff in a lot of senses. But uh, Trick Arrows has always been like part of the the thing with the archers and comic books. You know, you you needed some kind of weird visual arrow, right? Just shooting, you know, a regular arrowhead in a shaft was wasn't exciting enough, I guess, at the time. And 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 so this Clint Barton's sort of. Uh, acknowledgement that that's, some trick arrows are, are borderline ridiculous is funny to me. Particularly, he'd like to talk about the boomerang arrow. I mean, but again, there are some trick arrows that work well, and and, and this Clinton uses them uh, to to good effectiveness. Unlike uh, some of the more silly ones that that Green Arrow has used in the past, like the boxing glove arrow and and things like that, which were uh, comical at best. But again, again, a fun part of their their comic book lore. And they're, uh, they're, they're cinematic uh, tie-ins with each other, too. So it, it's been fun. And it's been fun. That's been a fun part of the Marvel Universe as Clint has become more you know, of, of, of an Avenger and sort of the incorporation of these, these uh, different types of arrows as he's had these connections, obviously, like shooting the pin particles and things like that. Very exciting, very fun. He's always had the exploding arrows and, and things like that. that that's part of, part of his arsenal from the beginning. Uh, but some of these these crazier ones, and, and you know, always you know, shooting Ant Man, launching Ant Man off an arrow is always pretty exciting too. That's a lot of fun. So so good stuff with the, with the arrow stuff. And again, I like that bonding moment between these these characters, between Kate and Clint, and his is beginning to kind of see her as an equal. But the other half of this episode that's so uh, important and and so uh, just just critical to kind of understanding Clint Barton's mental makeup right now is is the haunted. Clint, the 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 loss of Natasha, that that still haunts him to this day, and really prevents him from getting close and forming a bond with with Kate Bishop, and we see that most clearly in in the final fight in in the in the in the fight that closes out this episode. Uh, those things are really underscored, and and we'll talk about a little bit more about those. But I, I want to kind of go back a little bit uh, and, and and talk about that the way they sort of set these things up. Uh, because but let's, let's talk about that hearing aid once again. Uh, what I really like about that is, is sort of like this 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 survivor's guilt that I think Clint has from his time dealing with with, with, with when Natasha dies in Infinity War, right? When she makes that sacrifice, and you know, a lot of people have have all you know, you, we've all read the internet. We all know what they say. Yeah, it should have been Hawkeye that died, right? Because like Hawkeye's useless, right? He's a guy with a bow and arrow. He should have made the sacrifice. But Natasha sees what Clint doesn't, and that's the fact that Clint is a, is he is a father. He has children. He has a family to go back to. Natasha has none of these things, and that's why she ultimately makes the sacrifice. Right? That's why she makes the the the, the decision that she makes. And Clint can't can't uh, he can't accept that. He can't accept that his friend made that sacrifice for him. So he has a a a, a fair amount of guilt about that, and it prevents him from getting close to Kate. How I think it's interesting that it ties into his his hearing aid, and again, maybe I'm way off base here, but that moment after after Kate leaves and and they they finish their their uh, little Halloween party, and and Clint kind of uh, 
he's had a nice night. He's had a fun time. You, you can tell. But he pulls that hearing aid out, and, and the world just goes silent. And I think he takes this sort of strange comfort in the silence uh, because it's the only thing that can like quiet his mind and quiet his, his guilt about these things. Uh, because when he's hearing these things, when he's awake and when he's, when he's has his senses firing, it's always in the back of his head and he can't get away from it. I think he sees Natasha in a lot of places and, and he can't escape that. And I think he sees, uh, a, a chance to form a bond with this, with another person who's not a blood relation, who's not a direct member of his family. And he's, he's completely scared of it. He's terrified of it. And that comes into play in the fight scene when they find out that they've broken into to Maya's apartment, that she is the one who has the watch. Which, again, the mystery of the watch, we still haven't gotten a lot of answers on that just yet. We know that it's tied to that person's identity and that, that um, it, it paints it uh, that it's a person who's still alive and who needs to have their identity protected. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that and see how that all shakes out. I'm very intrigued by it, though. I want to see. I want to know more. And again, I, I avoid the internet. I don't want to. I don't want to read speculation on Reddit or any of this other shit. Uh, you know, if I can't get there on my own, the show will get me there eventually, and that's all. I, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm watching for. I don't. I don't want to have it ruined on the internet. So don't don't uh, don't at me with your fucking theories. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's just watch the show together and have fun with it. <laughs> uh, so when you get to that fight scene, and it's not again, the the fight breaks out great because it's Kate and Maya in the apartment. Which and Maya's not stoked to see Kate in her apartment. By the way, a brutal fight in the apartment, but both of them think that Maya's fighting them. And Clint's on the rooftop watching. He's being attacked by somebody. As soon as we, I think, as soon as we we pan over to see who Clint's fighting, I think we all kind of connect the dots on who that is. And it's what we talked about last week. When will Yelena Belova show up to fight Clint Barton? And that's the beginning of what we get here. Clint misinterprets what's going on with that, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, in, in a little bit, because we're, we're, we will play that clip from the very end of the show. But just to refresh everyone's memory, at the end of the Black Widow film, uh, Contessa, played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus, at the grave of Natasha Romanoff, tells her sister, Yelena Belova, that Clint Barden is responsible for Natasha's death. Clint's got it a little twisted, because Clint thinks that someone's hired a Black Widow to come and kill them, uh, which he finds even more terrifying Uh than the idea that this is personal and this is a grudge for Yelena. Uh, so we're going to see how that shakes out. Again, no words were really exchanged between these, these characters. Uh, and it was, they, they sort of played it up like it was, was going to be a, a, a somewhat shocking reveal that it was Yelena underneath the mask and the, and the, uh, the splinter cell goggles. Uh, but I, again, I think that was what we all expected and what we all saw coming. So, so a neat reveal, but Clint misinterprets it. But what we see from that fight is is Clint at, at various turns again? You let me back up a little bit. Sorry, you, you see a great dynamic teamwork between the two. There's a lot of fun exchanges, a lot of fun fighting. The way they kind of work together, uh, and they're holding their own against Maya, Maya, and 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 the Black Widow against Yelena. Um, when it gets real though, is when Yelena gets the upper hand and appears to throw Kate off the roof. Now, those of us watching the show, we we see what Yelena does and how she ties does like the belt move, right? And gets the rope around her. But Clint doesn't see that. Clint just sees Kate go over the edge. And it triggers what he saw back on, on oh, I blank on the planet, but but in Infinity War, when Natasha initially makes the jump off to, to sacrifice to get the Infinity Stone. And it, it triggers something in him. It, it, it triggers like that, like I said, that sort of survivor's guilt, that sort of, um, I don't want to say it's like PTSD, but I, I think more like the guilt, the, the sort of 
uh, emotional response that he has to seeing this person that he is, is, has very reluctantly become close to, become attached to, uh, go over the edge. And when he finds out, when he goes over and sees that she's being suspended there and that she's not that far off the ground, he cuts the line and tells her to go home and get out of there because he can't put her in danger anymore. He can't risk losing another person the same way he lost Natasha. And I really, really love that about this show. And Kate, uh, being, being, you know, the wanting so desperately to be the hero that she, that, that Clint is, it rushes back to the battle, goes back into the building, goes back up the stairs, gets back up to the rooftop to get involved in the conversation, or not the conversation, but into the battle. And, and, and that's where the Yelena um, moment comes into play as a, after Maya makes a break for it to get away from there. And, and that's when, when Kate demands answers to what's going on, and we find out that, the, that, that Clint, again, perceives that a Black Widow has been hired to kill him. And that is uh, very scary for him and very, very real. And now he's very, very concerned that Kate will become a target because she's, she's mixed up with him, and Black Widows, as we all know, are no joke. So they, the, 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 the partnership that never really was sort of comes to an end in this episode, at least as far as Clint is concerned. Uh, I think we all know that uh, Clint and Kate sort of need each other uh, to accomplish their goals, to achieve what they want to achieve as far as, uh, as, far as dealing with Maya, dealing with the Tracksuit Mafia, kind of ending the legacy that Clint created uh, as Ronin, you know, sort of getting all that stuff taken care of, put away under wraps, and getting that watch back, getting that mysterious, mysterious watch back. Uh, but I really love what they're doing here as far as, like, the 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 quiet emotional center of these characters and again Hawkeye's a character who never got a lot of uh, uh, play in the films you know we had those quiet moments in Age of Ultron where we met his family we find out he has a family and they played that up in in Infinity War uh, in Endgame basically they played that more, more to that strength um, but but seeing how the events of all these films that he's been in have affected him physically and now mentally I think really underscores the Again, it's not subtle. It's not clever. It's just a really nice way of, of kind of more fully developing this character and providing layers to them that didn't exist in the, in the previous films where, you know, again, those films rely on big action set pieces and not as many quiet moments as you can get away with in these Disney series, which is why the Disney shows, in my opinion, have been so good because you can, you can sit down, you can slow down the action for an episode and allow your plot and your characters to grow and develop at the same time. That's why I really like these shows, and that's why this one in particular uh, I'm really resonating with is really making a connection with me uh, because I really am enchanted by the characters. I, I love the, the way that, that Clint and Kate play off each other, and that continues in this episode as well. Uh, Kate's sort of non-traditional way of doing things. You know, uh, 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 Clint going out of his way to kind of teach her all these, these um, espionage-esque tactics, you know, about egress and, and, and strategic exits and, and making sure that you know you have a, a, a clear line of sight for everything and you know again it's it's you know he's trying to teach her strategy meanwhile she just goes in the front door takes the elevator up with with a resident uh, who, who gives her access to the building and so I, I like that dynamic I like the way that's playing out and it's it's a lot of fun and again I, I really I really enjoy uh, the, the Jeremy Renner and and Haley Steinfeld's uh, performances in the show. I think they're a lot of fun. We set up them getting their costumes, which, again, we've all seen the promo posters. We know they're all going to be decked out in purple together pretty soon, which, honestly, 
I'm extremely excited about because uh, by and large, you know, Clint is the character whose look was probably the most determined by the Ultimate Universe. Um, if you're not familiar with the Ultimate Universe, uh, it, it was it was a side project that Marvel did for a while where they sort of they this is before Marvel Studios took off before like Iron Man and, and those movies had really kicked off. Uh, they sort of did this this Ultimate Universe where they did new versions, uh, new takes on Spider-Man, on the X-Men, and on the Avengers. But with the Avengers, they were called the Ultimates. Uh, and it was very cinematic. It was very uh, uh, Hollywood in the way it was presented. You know, a lot of sort of like big action sequences, widescreen panel shots. Uh, again, cinematic is the best way I can describe it. Brian Hitch was the artist on it, and, and he gave it this, this sort of uh, Hollywood movie quality to it that, uh, that lets you sign us kind of – I think – in, in, a, in the long run, I think this is sort of like the book they used to walk into Hollywood Studios and be like, listen, this is something we can make into a movie. Here it is right here. Clint's look in The Ultimates is sort of what he's been rocking ever since uh, in, 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 in his first appearance in Thor all the way through his, his appearances in the Avengers movies. His look has been very determined by that particular comic book. Uh, now we get the chance to kind of get more in line with the actual Hawkeye costume of the comic books, the purple. Now, are we going to get the crazy headgear? I'm, I'm, I'm betting not. But just the fact that we're getting purple has me very, very excited. And, 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 and again, Kate's costume is very inspired by his in a lot of senses, so there's a lot of uh, trappings that, 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 that cross over. And again, we've seen the posters. We've seen the images on the internet. I'm just very excited to see them get the costumes. I don't know. I, I'm there. I'm there for that costume moment. You know, I know it's kind of a cliche, so it's sort of, uh, uh, you know, a, a hackney sort of thing, the costume up moment. But I'm I'm there. I'm there for it. I dig it. I want it to happen. I want to see it so bad, so so bad. So yeah, I love this episode. There, there's so much to chew on. There's so many layers to it. There's so many pieces uh, that are now on the table. You know, again, Kate's overwhelming desire to be a hero, to to have this partnership with her her hero. And, 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 and now, now a mentor. He's taught her that cool trick uh, with, with launching, you know, like nickels. That he, or not nickels are too light. Or no, dimes are too light, excuse me, and nickels and quarters and things like that. Like being able to launch those from 20 feet away and, and hit a target. So, again, the relationship's there. It's forging. But, but Clint's trauma from losing Natasha is, is, is what's holding him at arm's distance, at arm's length. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what Kate has to do, what Kate has to say to um, – assuage his fears you know to, to sort of to to put him at ease enough to let this happen and and that's going to be exciting and that's going to be and i suspect it may have something to do with the, with the fact that if clinton doesn't help her she's going to do it herself anyways and 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 probably get into way worse trouble so he might as well help her as much as she can as much as he can but i guess we'll find out if that's the case or not again two more episodes to go uh this wednesday and next right before christmas and then uh it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And we're going to be here for every step of the, of the way on the, on the journey. And I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, notes I had about this one. But I think, I think I kind of hit all the emotional stuff I wanted to get to. Uh, it's a really good episode. Again, the, the complexes, not complexes, the nuances and the layers that they're, they're instilling in these characters. If you have the time, really go back and watch this one because there's, there's a lot there to, to kind of uh, uh, piece, piece, uh, put together. You know, just just you know, sit there, soak it in, absorb it, enjoy it, and 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 uh, you know, see what you think. See if see if I'm wrong. I might be reaching on that hearing aid thing, but I I sort of like the metaphor there. 
So let me let me know what you think. I guess is is what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, this this show is really just it's been a delight, and I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm really excited to see what we do with Maya, the tracksuit mafia, Yelena. Uh, what's going to happen with Duquesne and and Kate's mom? Uh, there's a lot to to, to parse out. Uh, parse out. I keep saying parse out. There's a lot to there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot of uh, pieces on the on the board. We have to see where they fall. Are we going to get the uh, some of those those um, rumored appearances? Will we get a Wilson Fisk? Will we get a Daredevil? Will we get something else? Will we get a Foggy Nelson? Who knows? Wait a second. What if what if John Favreau showed up as Foggy Nelson in this, like Daredevil from the multiverse? <gasps> No, it won't happen. Don't worry. <laughs> but wouldn't that be funny? If John Favreau is just walking around as Foggy Nelson and as Happy Hogan. Whoa. Multiverse of madness. Anyways, let's get out of here, I think. I think we're done. I don't think I have anything else to say. I'm sure I'll think of something later and have to have to put like a little addendum uh, before we start the episode five review. But in, yeah, in the meantime, I'm going to close out with that sound clip in a minute. But you know what we got to do first before we get out of here officially is we have to thank, once again, the official members of Poppin Nation, who this show would not be here without. And uh, without, their, without their continuing, unyielding, undying support, this show would have been dead many, many years ago. So you have them to blame. <laughs> you can head over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation. Gain access to sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park. Ooh, I did it again. The Batman of Bayho, Jeff Nail, Jeff co-hosting the Ring and Ear. Great music podcast. Check them out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evils of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a Pride Brewing Company right here in San Diego and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland. Get ready, Baltimore. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, he just beer hops. And of course, the silent assassin, he who shall not be named. Welcome, 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 welcome. And if there's any new listeners out there, I hope you're enjoying the show. I hope you stick around for the rest of the Hawkeye reviews because we are having a hootenanny over here. It's a real Hawkeye hootenanny. Hawkeye, Hawkeye, pizza dog, all of it. All of it. And by the way, in case I haven't, didn't stress it enough in the, in the last uh, recap of the first three episodes, go read the Matt Fraction, David Aja uh, comic book. You can go pick up the omnibus that has all the issues in it. It's like all 26 or 27 of them. Just go read it. It's so damn good. You'll, you'll thank me later, and, and I think it'll give you even more appreciation uh, for the influences uh, that, 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 that uh, inspired this show. So, yeah, if you're enjoying the show, go read that. You'll, you'll love it. You will love it. Let's get out of here. We'll talk very, very soon. I, got, I already got another special episode lined up for next week before we talk about Hawkeye Episode 5. So we'll be back very soon. But in the meantime, ciao, babes. Who the hell was that? You don't want to know, Kate. I cannot be your partner if you don't tell me what's going on. You're not my partner. Do you understand that? You never were. Someone has hired the Black Widow assassin. This has gotten very real, very quickly. So I'm doing this alone. So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, six to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on, let's say, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. Great story. Compelling and rich. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Yeah!